Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm delighted you're with us today. My dear friends, a few weeks ago, our guest was David Allison, who was a very successful entrepreneur when his son Davey died at 24 and put David into a powerful, powerful new stage of life where he counsels and helps other parents whose children's, children have gone home a little ahead of him. We know that the loss of a child is the hardest thing anyone can have to weather. I really think that's true. But from the viewpoint of the young people, we thought we had lost. It often looks quite different those that we used to think were dead tell us consistently that every young person who dies who was someone who was a very advanced being who didn't have to live a whole life here as the rest of us do so they took the trouble nevertheless of coming back to earth and it is in fact a lot of trouble to go through the process of preparing and then coming here but they took that extra effort out of love for the people who are going to be in their lives their, their brief life and their death was actually a gift. Not all gifts are fun to receive, and this is a horrendous one. But nevertheless, these are meant to be opportunities for our spiritual growth. And what I love is seeing how in the lives of so many of these parents who have had this tragedy, it, it really is, as it was with, with David Allison, it really is in a way a gift. And it does help us grow spiritually, which is the reason we come here. Our guest today is someone else who is a bereaved father, and he has had the same experience. This this is someone that I care about personally very much because I've known him for a number of years. And to watch him grow and change and, and really triumph over this terrible thing that's happened in his life is, I'm sure, makes his daughter very, very happy. And it certainly makes me happy. Brian D. Smith is, a, is, as I say, a personal friend, and he became one when he reached out to me, really, just a few months um, uh, after um, his daughter had died. Uh, but it, he, he reached out because he was trying to understand some things, and we talked, and he had such an interesting sort of religious uh, segue he was in the process of doing that I did something I almost never do. I think it's happened two or three times in the whole seven years I've been doing Seek Reality and and doing my uh, daily blog, my rather weekly blogging. I invited him to write a blog post for robertagrimes.com, and it's a wonderful post. Just go to to the robertagrimes.com and in the search bar put Brian D. Smith, and you'll find his wonderful, wonderful post. You'll also find a picture of beautiful Shana. Brian is a certified life coach. He's a grief partner. He's a small business consultant. And he became what he calls well acquainted with grief in 2015 after the sudden passing of 15-year-old Shana. He thought his life was over, but he had to learn to survive for the sake of his of his wife. He has a beautiful wife, by the way. Her, her name is Tawana, and she's just a lovely person. And they did have an older daughter named Kayla. So he had to learn how to deal with grief and to survive. He dove deep into studying the nature of life and death and how to best progress through grief. 
And frankly, his life, his book that he wrote about how every, anybody should, it's sort of like a how-to book, Brian. It's so fascinating to me. You wrote a how-to book about how to do grief, and I've never read a better one. He put it. He puts together all this information he's gathered, and now he uses all that he has learned to really help others. Brian D. Smith is the author of Grief to Growth, Planted, Not Buried. We're going to ask about that. It's subtitled. That's, that's the title. The subtitle is How to Survive and Thrive After Life's Greatest Challenges. He's also the host of the Grief to Growth podcast. Dear Brian, I'm so glad we finally did this. Welcome. Consider yourself hugged. Thanks, Roberta. It's, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, because, well, we used to sort of see each other at conferences and things, but I, I don't do that sort of thing anymore. So um, I'm just very glad. We'll have to get together in person, too, at some point before long. Yeah. Please tell everyone a little about your background and your family. Well, um, you kind of touched on some of my background. Uh, it started off, you know, I started off in a Christian family, a pretty fundamentalist, actually very fundamentalist family. My grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher. I grew up oh in church. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up with, uh, frankly, a fear of death and a fear of God and, and a fear of hell. Um, it was it was pretty traumatic for me. Um, so it sent me into a, a point where I was having panic attacks really over it. So around the age of, oh I was about 40 years old, I think, before I finally realized I need to get some help for this. So I went to see a counselor, and I also at that time discovered something called Christian universalism, which re- relieved a lot of that in terms of you know thinking that, that God hated me and wanted to send me to hell, yeah, and Jesus was right. the only one here to save me. So I did. Um, I, I, I discovered that, and then I started studying that because my, I'm also an engineer. Um, my degree is in chemical engineering, and I'm a very analytical person. So I'm like, how does this all work? And do I have to take it on faith, or can I can I really know these things? So I you know I know the Bible really well, and I believed what the Bible said, but I found out you know some of the things that was taught about the Bible were not true. So I said, let me just see if I can look at this from more of a scientific point of view. So I started studying everything I could get my hands on about the afterlife, and actually one of the first things I read was Dr. Gary Schwartz's book. Uh, the Afterlife Experiments, where he... Which is excellent, yes. Yeah, it's a great book, where he scientifically tested mediums, and that was the first I'd ever heard of anybody doing anything like that. So I read that, I read, I started reading about near-death experiences, I studied, you know, what mediums do, I studied uh, EVPs and ITCs, which are um, uh, electronic voice phenomena and instrumental transcommunication, so I, I just studied everything I, get, I could get my hands on, and really got to the point where I was very comfortable knowing that we don't die, that we do go on and that it's that, you know, life is is just here. We're here for a short time. Uh, this is not our home. And then we go back to, you know, where, where our true home is. So I, I uh, incorporated that pretty well into my life. And I always had, as I said, this fear of death and also this idea that I was going to die early. I just knew I was going to die early. Yeah. So wow. by the t- when I reached 25, I was frankly surprised I was still here. Oh my goodness, that's awful. But I had my oh. children late. I mean, I think Shana was about 38 when I was born, or she was—I was about 38 when she was born, I should say. So um, I was, you know, going along pretty well. Shana was a healthy child. She was a, a, a top athlete. She played volleyball and basketball at top levels. She was in the top 15 of her class in, in school. She was in a class of about 600 kids. So she was living a a great life. She was uh, she just finished her freshman year, her ninth grade year in high school. 
And on June 24, 2015, we went to wake Shana up and Shana had, had passed in her sleep. So um, this is when, you know, I had to put everything that I had studied, everything that I believed to the test. I mean, this was the ultimate test. And, and it wasn't my passing, which I'd fear was going to happen. It was my daughter, Shana. Yes, I was going to say that if you hadn't. Yeah, you were you were it was being foreshadowed in your mind. But but because we have now given heart attacks to many parents uh, who are listening, um, she she had a did she have some sort of a health problem, though, that you did know about? She did. Um, the thing is, she, she had a, a condition called Wolf Parkinson's White, which is a condition where her heart would sometimes go into a rapid beat. But we had seen a cardiologist. Uh, we had a couple actually procedures on her. And the cardiologist, this was at Children's Hospital in Cincinnati, is one of the best cardiologists in the country. And he had assured us that this condition she had was not at all dangerous. She was cleared for sports. She had just played a volleyball tournament the week before. So I know everybody wants to feel like, okay, well, we kind of knew this was coming, but we really had absolutely no. No, no you had no reason to know, yeah. but, but at least, well, no, there is no explanation except for the explanation that you will you will get when you go and see her again, which is that it was planned. Um, every nobody, we are told by them that there there are no exceptions. No child under the age of twenty dies except by plan. Mm-hmm. And and that's just you know that's a, just a horrible fact. I, I find it a little bit comforting, and so often I see wonderful results in in parents' lives. You see you see places where where there's a gift because they they lose one child but they have another. I know of cases where one of a twin, one one member of a, a set of twins, uh, you know, went on ahead and 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 very young. But it's and when I ask parents about their children, very often they'll say the kinds of things you said about Shana, that the the they're the ace child. Very mm-hmm. often they're they're the child that a that a, a bird will come and sit on their hand, or 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 pets will come and want to be petted by them, and will run from other children. Spiritual beings, even if you know not not religious beings, very spiritual beings. But yeah. I'm so sorry about that. I mean, I, I looking at her picture again as, as I got ready to do this conversation with you, it made me sad about it all over again. What a beautiful child. Yeah. Well, you know, Shana, she came in like a tornado. Actually, the the day that she was born, I remember that the nurses at the hospital were telling my wife and I, "You've got your hands full with this one." This is <laughs> literally 24 hours after she was born. <laughs> Wow. And I remember when she was about two years old looking at her and she was building this Lego tower in, in our dining room. And I was like, I, I said, I hope she uses whatever, you know, her forces for good, not for evil, because I, we knew she was a special child. And she was she was always very forceful. She she lived life to the fullest. She loved experimenting with things and just understanding how things worked. So um, she was, you know, I, I, I believe she was what people call an old soul. I, yes, she was. There's no question about that. We've talked about that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tragic, but you have done such wonderful things with your life. Um, we we talked with with David Allison about helping parents heal, and Brian also got very much involved with, in fact, much more involved with helping parents heal um, even than David did. Um, just to say briefly what, again, what Helping Parents Heal is, and, and I so much admire the people who run this and, and you being part of this is a, is a terrific thing. It's a nonprofit peer-to-peer support group for parents of children who have passed. 
And Brian, you're on the board of directors. Um, you volunteer counseling people. Um, you co-lead their Helping Parents Heal online Facebook group, which you say is 5,000 members. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and you're really – you're very active in that group and also – I think because you're an engineer, it must be one reason they'd love you. But um, the Soul Phone Foundation, you're also on the board of that. I didn't know that until I saw your notes. Yes, I am. We had Mark Pitstick on a few weeks ago mm-hmm. to talk about the Soul Phone Project. So uh, you're involved with that, too. Maybe you have some things to add that, that he didn't tell us. But even with all of this, I don't want to avoid saying this. You've written, I think, a terrific book. It's a really short book. It and is. You, I mean, you can read it in a not even in a long sitting, but yet it's so, it's the best book I've ever read on dealing with grief because most people who write about grief think of it as a process. They'll you know eventually it gets better and all of that. It's such as you point out. I mean, I think you hit all the bases with it. It's a very individual process. There is no right way to do grief, but there are some wrong ways to do grief. And what your how-to book really does is help people avoid that. Know how to answer people who say stupid things, which many people will say hmm. to grieving, not just parents but spouses and friends. And so I think it's a, really a nifty book. It's called Grief to Growth. The, the two is a little two. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just um, – is your podcast also what, – what is your podcast about? It's also called Grief to Growth. The podcast is also called Grief to Growth. And it's, again, Grief the number two uh, growth. Um, the podcast is about basically the same things. What I try to do is, is help people understand you know, how to deal with grief, what it is, you know, what to expect when you're going through it. But more importantly, what I want to do is give people hope. You know, I want to, I want people to know that their loved ones have not died. I hate, I don't I very rarely use the word died. No, yeah, um, I don't they, either. They have transitioned. They have gone to the next place, the place that we're all going to be. That they are still with us. I I give people techniques on how to contact them while we're still here. Uh, we talk about things like soul planning. You know, was this planned? Is there a purpose to it? Um, what do we do? What do we do for the rest of our time while we're here? What do our loved ones want us to do? So I've, I've been very fortunate to have some really fantastic guests on a lot of people that have had near-death experiences. I interviewed PMH Atwater, which was a, a joy. I, I got to do three interviews with her. Um, so it's it's been really a, a very good uh, a, a good outlet for me. It's been It's been beneficial and healing for me. I've been doing it for about six months. I've got about 50 episodes out now. And uh, it's been a it's been a real fun thing to do. Wow, you really you really dove in. It's taken me. Um, I've been doing it for almost seven years, and I think we're only three hundred and fifty or something. So, um, you, but well, maybe that's maybe it's about the same. Maybe maybe that's um, that maybe the numbers work out. But that strikes me as being very ambitious. So good for you, Brian. Now, where could people find your your podcast? Can they get to it from your your website, for example? Yes. Um, the website is, again, it's grief, the number two growth dot uh, com. And if you go there at the top, there's a link to the podcast or any podcast app you have. Just just do a search for grief to growth. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which is the same same title. I want people to be able to reach me, you know, whatever's easiest for them. And I was talking to my mother and we were talking about a podcast. And she did, had no idea what a podcast was. Right. And I tried to explain right. it to her. And finally, I said, Mom, I have a YouTube channel. So she understood that. 
Yeah, yeah. It's well, I have a great face for radio, so I tend to prefer to do podcasting. <laughs> but you have a much better face. I'm sure you make a very interesting person in a podcast for people to enjoy watching. So um, that's that's great. I'm glad you are so active. I don't know how you have time to live a normal life now, but um, it's it's great that you're doing. You're you're spreading all of this hope to people who really need hope. Well, it does keep me uh, very busy with the between the podcast and the blog and uh, the, the volunteer work I do with helping parents heal and the soul phone. But it's it's I feel like it's what I'm here to do. Yes. And I feel like um, and Shana has come through um, in readings and, and told me this is what I'm here to do. And this was all planned. So everything I do is dedicated to her. Um, and, and she 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 has told me again, she she helps me write my books. She says she's a better writer than I am, uh, which <laughs> We can we can debate that. She she was a very good writer, um, but she definitely is an inspiration to me. So I you know I wake up at like three or four o'clock in the morning and have an idea for a blog or for a podcast, and you know I'll just put it out. She's really one of your guidance team now, pretty clearly. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah. That's this is one something that's fascinating to me. Very often, these very advanced spiritually uh, young people who who will leave us when they're twenty or or even or twenty two or twenty four or fifteen um, will will then join their parent the, the the guidance teams of the parents um, who are basically modeling the rest of their lives on on. Um, Helping people using what they have learned from this experience. Another person like this, of course, is Carol Morgan, who will be our guest shortly. And mm-hmm. her her son died at the age of 20. And again, she's now spending the rest of her life helping him get his message out. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful phenomenon. And um, I just think it's terrific because the only people who really can help, not just people grieving for children, but people grieving, period. The only ones who really can help them are people who have grieved themselves and are still grieving and you as you point out in your book you don't expect this will ever end you're going to be this part of your part of who you are for the rest of your life but you can use the energy of it in very positive ways and that feels good doesn't it i mean you're doing something for her too it, it really does roberta i mean the thing is you know i i'm very upfront and very open with with what i've gone through and what i still go through i mean when Shana passed um i didn't know that i would be able to go on i, I couldn't think about you know, the next day, let alone four or five years. And it's been four and a half years now. It'll be five years in June. Um, yeah. so she passed. I, and people will talk to me about, you know, living five years. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, no. frankly, I, yes. I don't want, I don't want to be here. And I, you know, it's funny. I was re- I was listening to a podcast. It, it, it might've been yours. Cause when I, when Shana first passed, I found uh, you and, and Sandra Champlain and you guys got me through that first summer. Oh, that's uh, so nice. Just listening to your podcast. And I was I was listening to a, a woman who wrote a book about her daughter that passed, and she said after her daughter passed, she wanted to step in front of a bus. She was standing on the curb, and she actually oh, thought yeah. of stepping in front of a bus. And that really caught my attention because I could so relate to that. Um, and what I want to tell people, don't, don't do that, of course, but <laughs> yeah. you, you will get a, you will get through that feeling. Um, and I was talking with the mother last night, and she was asking me, it, it only been since December since her daughter had passed. And I was telling you, I tell them is like, you never really get over it. It doesn't go away. But it's like when you the grief is like it's like working out with weights. When you first work out with the weight, it feels very heavy. And after you've worked out with that weight for a while, you get stronger. The weight doesn't get lighter, but you get stronger. So it feels lighter. And that's kind of what grief is like. We, we still carry it around. 
and we still have that that hole in our heart. We still have that that thing where we miss our kids, but we learn to to carry it and we learn to to deal with it. And then if you can find purpose out of it, you know, all the better. Um, again, I was talking with a client the other day, and I was telling her that you know I found this purpose, and she's found purpose in her life after her son has passed. And I said, but I would do anything to have Shana back, and I still feel that way. And you know, this client, I, she will remain nameless, but she said I wouldn't. You know, I have a better relationship with my son now than I than I did before. <laughs> wow! Uh, but she has a very special. I mean, she literally writes letters back and forth to her son every day. They have a very special relationship. That's that's most of us don't get to that level, but you know, she has. But what we can do is we can find again, we can find purpose in our life. And I look at it, you know, Shana passed at 15. She had a huge impact even while she was here. There are people, you know, it's been five years. And for a 15-year-old, five years is, is a forever. Yes. And she still has friends that call themselves the Shana Six. And really? they, come to our, they come to our house every every birthday of Shana's, every angel date of hers, they come. They sit down with my wife and I, and they, they talk about Shana. They talk about Shana has influenced their lives. Some of them have chosen majors because of what Shana did, uh, the impact she had in her life, in their lives. So I'm like, if she had that impact in 15 years, then I've got a responsibility to, to carry on her legacy. And that's what motivates me. That is so beautifully said. What an extraordinary person she is to have had that kind of, I mean, I did, let's just say that I, when I was 15, I didn't have that kind of impact on anybody, but obviously from everything you've told me about her, she was a very advanced being. So, um, I, I just think this is the highest and best thing she can be doing is, is getting you to be powerful in the people's lives and helping them to, to have a similar transformation. I'm so happy that you found this, and I and I love the fact that I met you when you were really pretty. You, you were pretty dour when I met you, and and look at look at how empowered you are now. I just love that. Yeah, well, you know, I met you. Uh, she passed in June. It was not too long after that. I think it was later that summer. Yeah, and you and I talked, and you were very gracious with your time, and you and I emailed back and forth, and you introduced me to Suzanne Wilson, uh, which was the first medium reading I had, which was crazy wild because she's just an amazing medium and Suzanne and I had so much in common because her grandfather was a pastor so we became friends and then my whole life has been a series of synchronicities since Shana passed um you know meeting the, the leaders of, help, of helping parents heal Elizabeth Blasson and Mark Ireland and you know then uh, I became a, a, a local chapter leader with them and then was asked to be on the board and meeting Mark Pitstick and the soul phone projects so and all these things I mean yes. they're they're guided. I mean, I have no doubt that that they're guided. And and it's lovely, everyone listening, it's lovely to know that when you decide you're going to give your life to God, give your life to spirit, you don't even have to say that, but you want to do things sincerely to help other people spiritually, that's what happens. You don't even have to go looking for opportunities. They will come and find you. That's the, my life has been the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't even worry about anything. It just all, you know it will happen in God's time. But it's it's I just I'm so proud of you. I sort of feel as if I've I helped to mentor you in the beginning, and I'm it's such a giggle for me to see how well you're oh, doing. I'm so happy. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I don't. I guess I listened to podcasts before Chain of Past. I'm not I'm not even sure how I start listening to podcasts. And as I said, I I got on and I start searching, and I found um, you know Seek Reality, and I found Sandra Champlain's show, and I, I every day I walk for like an hour. And I would just listen to those podcasts and just reinforce this idea in my head. And then 
I would find books from listening to you guys and the authors that you had on. And I'd go read those books. And one thing would just lead to another. And, you know, here it is four and a half years later, and I'm actually on your program. So it's crazy. <laughs> we, we should have done this earlier, um, really. <laughs> but I, I, I guess I partly I, I thought what was waiting for you to be ready. And certainly mm-hmm. you are. What made you decide to write Grief to Growth? What Because you you always had a book in you. It was clear. I mean, you're very, you're very bright. But what? What, why was it the time? You know, it's, it's really crazy, Roberta. It was like a day or two after Shana passed. And I've always liked to write, but I would, I, I've done blogs and, I, and I'm, I'm very active on social media. So I've always you know, liked to write. And the day after, a couple of days after she passed, I said, I'm going to start a blog. I, I just want to, I want to just kind of chronicle my journey as I go through this. I, I, and that was not my idea. I don't, it came from somewhere. So I started a blog in Shana's name and it was just a Tumblr. And then I finally moved it to WordPress. And I would just chronicle every – I would write every day. And I would just day one, day two, day three. And I was up to oh. day – I think it was about day 1,000. And, um, wow. you know, and, and Suzanne Wilson kept telling me, you've got a book and you need to write a book. And Shana says you need to write a book. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to write about. Well, again, things just started happening. And I was listening to Suzanne Giesman's show. She had a guy on that was a business coach. Long story, I started taking uh, a mentoring from him. And I decided to form this business, uh, Grief to Growth in June of 2019. And I just, one day I said, let me just write down everything I know about grief. And I just, it was going to be an article and the article oh, kept yeah. growing and growing and growing. Yes. And next, next thing I knew it was 10,000 words. And I said, this is a short book. So, uh, I was encouraged by George, George cow to, you don't have to have a long book, just put out a short book. And I think for people that are grieving, um, a short book is better because our attention spans are not that long. And we don't want real complex, detailed um, theories about grief. I, I wanted to, it to be really, really raw and very straight to the point. And it's based on the thousands of hours I've spent talking to parents that have been through this and this, the stupid things that have been said to them, the things they wish that people had yes. said, the, the feelings that they have, because grief is um, – it's not really an emotion. It's more of a container for emotions. And there's a whole host of emotions that come along with it from, you know, sadness to depression and anger and guilt. guilt and, yes. you know, it's a whole host of things. And they can all come up at any time through multiple triggers. So I just wanted people to understand, OK, when this comes up, you're, you're not going crazy. And when you feel uh, when you feel guilty, for example, and, and it's really interesting so I was talking with the mother last night. We will find reasons to feel guilty when our children pass. Crazy reasons. And I yes. was telling, you know, and, and I want people to know this is normal. I mean, for her, it only been a couple of months. I'm like, but you'll get over this. And, and so I, I want to help people kind of hold their hands and say, it's going to be OK. Here's another way to look at it. And that's so that was the purpose of the book. Well, it, you're right. People people have short attention spans, even if they're not grieving, actually. Um, mm, all yeah. of my fun books are short. If you pick one up, you'll see a lot of it is the bibliography in the back. Um, mm-hmm. People want to read something in one evening. They don't want to, you know, they want to date the book. They don't want to, like, marry it. So um, I think you did it just exactly right. And your voice in it is great. You're confident, you're assured, but you really hit people right at the level, I think, where most of us are. So I just was, frankly, I never knowing you could write like that, I was really impressed with it. I thought it was great. Read every word. 
Well, thank you. Well, I, you know, as, as I said, well, it's interesting because I was taking this class from, from George and I, and I started doing some research on books because um, like, you know, can you really put out a book this short? Most books that are bought are never finished. Um, so people, they buy books and they have good intentions, but they don't finish them. And yeah. this book you can finish in, in, like you said, in less yeah. than a day. I mean, it's, and it's really easy to finish. And I've had several people that have said I've read it, you know, multiple times. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm really proud of what I put out and I'll, I'll write other longer things later, but I think this was the right length. What does planted, not buried mean? Because when I first saw that, I was, was, I was sort of startled by it. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is when you first, you know, in, in my situation, especially when you first have this devastating thing happen to you, you feel like you've been buried, that you're just you're done. You're it's, it's dark. You're covered with dirt. It's cold. You'll never see the light of day again. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I, it's based on Jesus uh, saying that except the seed, seed falls to the ground, you know, it doesn't bring forth life. Yes. When, when it falls to the ground, you know, it can bring forth a multitude of fruit. So the concept is that people, it's, it's just, this is horrible to say, but we're usually driven by pain. We're driven by painful things. That's what causes us to, to change. So when this happens, you're broken wide open and you, you are, you're, you're just, you're, you're, it's a restart. It's a reset button. And we can, we have a choice. We can choose to remain buried or we can decide to say, what is, what's in this for me? How can I use this to grow? And if you do this, this this horrible thing that happened to you can actually be the catalyst for becoming a whole different person. And, you know, people say, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be the person that I was. And I say to them, you won't be the person that you were. And that's OK. You might even be a better person um, because you'll be a stronger person. You'll be a more resilient person. You'll be a more compassionate person. Um, so take these things that have happened to you and figure out how you can use them to to spring forward into something else. Right. I, I, I think actually that is beautiful. And what Jesus said, and essentially, unless we are broken open, um, like a seed, you know, that, that falls on the ground and, and get is moistened and then is broken open. Unless we're mm -hmm. broken open as people, you're right. We really can't grow. It's as if we still have that hard husk of a seed around us. So, what, what you're saying then, I think it's quite beautiful. This is a terrible experience, but it's as if uh, it, 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 will, it will break you open. It will, it will condition you to the point where you are able to really grow spiritually yourself and to help others grow. Beautiful. That's just beautiful. Well, it's, it's, it's a choice. It's, you know, I was talking with someone about soul planning, and they were saying, you know, do you think this was planned, my, my, my daughter passing? And, and the thing is, we can debate all day back whether it's planned or not planned or free will versus, you know, predestination. But we, we do know as it happened. And what yes. we do know is we have a choice to look at, you know, the reason why it happened. And we have a choice as to what we're going to do now that it has happened. Um, so we can choose to, to remain in victim mentality. And that's a choice that some people make. Or we can choose to say, how am I going to take this and go forward? Um, and, you know, people, for good or for, I think it's an evolutionary thing. As long as what we're doing is working, we keep doing it. And that's that's just efficient. We keep yes. doing things that work. Yeah. We don't change until something's not working anymore. Oh, so, beautiful point. You have to be knocked out of the rut you're in 
or else you you don't it's it's almost as if we don't lift our faces lift our heads above the rut in order to look around and see the see what's around us yeah i mean that's clearly what's happened with you you've had whole vistas of things to 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 learn and understand and grow and places ways ways to help it's amazing i i'm very i'm very impressed with what you've done with your life over the past four and a half years well, thanks. You know, as as I've looked back at my life, and you know, I forgot who it was that said that life has to be lived forward, but it makes more sense when you look at it backwards. That's right. Yes, that's true. Yes, um, exactly. It, it's absolutely true, and I can see how things. You know, again, this this thanatophobia that I had, this intense fear of death, and this intense fear of an early death, that forced me to study the. The way I was raised in terms of the Pentecostal thing, it doesn't affect everybody the way it affects affected me, but it affected me in a very negative way. But it caused me to go on a very on a soul searching mission, and that prepared me for when Shana actually did pass. The the one blessing I have is I never wondered where Shana was. I never wondered if she continued to exist. That's beautiful. My, my feeling was because I studied NDEs so much, was that Shana just stepped outside of her body. Yes. And and that, that was confirmed to me by meeting readings I had where Shana said that, you know, she thought she was dreaming. And when she realized she wasn't dreaming, you know, she was she was already transitioned. So that is one blessing from it for me in terms of, of that particular moment in time. But it set me up to do what I'm doing now. And I feel like at 58 years old, I'm finally kind of doing my life's work. Yes. Well, I was in my 60s before I realized that. So uh, you're ahead of me there as well. Um, talk a little bit about the Soul Phone Project because you're involved in it. Do you have any any sort of thoughts to share about where it is at this stage? Um, the Soul Phone Project, it's going really well. Um, for people that might be familiar with the, what the Soul Phone is, is a um, it's going to be a series, I guess, of technologies that will allow people to communicate from this side electronically to the afterlife, the other side. Um, it's being developed in stages. Uh, we were going to do some demonstrations. We were calling the seed events, actually starting this month um, around the southeast part of the United States, but uh, we had a major breakthrough, and actually that kind of pushed everything forward but put the the demonstrations uh push those kind of back so uh i know that dr schwartz is, is working on it they're very excited about the breakthrough that they've had which we think will get us to what's called the uh, soul phone keyboard you know a lot sooner which will be, allow us to do things like texting i can't go into a lot of details about the technology because it is proprietary um, but I will tell people that there have been some really amazing uh, breakthroughs with it. Um, I think it's been – I think it's fair to use the word proven that we've communicated with people on the other side based upon the tests that uh, Dr. Schwartz has done. So I think uh, my personal opinion is in you know a couple of years we're going to see you know some things that are going to just really amaze everybody. And it's not just the soul phone. I'm working on that project. But Sonia Rinaldi is yeah, doing that. She's, incredible oh, talk work. Talk about Sonia. Yes. Sonia, yeah, she's doing incredible work bringing through electronic voice phenomenon like no no others I've heard and bringing through images through some some technology she's using. But I've also interviewed a guy named Marcus Lang, who a lot of people don't know, but Marcus is in Australia and he's using technology to talk to people on the other side. So there are several projects going on around the world. Um, and from what I've gathered, again, I'm, I'm going to say five to ten years uh we're going to have really really good communications we've got some pretty rudimentary stuff right now but it's getting better 
yes. But it is interesting that it's happening all over the world. What we've been told by people who aren't really dead is that there are major, in fact, where some of these people have even mentioned who they're working with, there are major scientists who have mm-hmm. transitioned who are now working from, from where they are in laboratories to try to basically do a more hardwired kind of system. So it's not, I mean, we look at mediums. They're, they're mind reading with dead people. I've never really been able to believe that can happen. And so that's, but there's, they say that they can make this be a much more reliable technology. And they're, it's, they, they, we, we first were hearing this, oh, seven, eight, nine years ago, and it's happening. They're doing exactly what they said they were going to do and doing it all over the world. It's quite wonderful. It, it really is amazing. And uh, I was talking with a, a physical medium the other day. Her, her name is Marion Dampier Jeans. Yes. Uh, and she's in England, and she uh, she's doing some amazing physical things, too. So I asked her, I said, do you think that we're going to have, like, definitive proof? I mean, because some, med- some physical mediums are starting to work in light now. And I'm like, are we going to have something that we can prove to people? So there's – but there's a balance because what the spirit world is telling us is they want to respect our, our free will. They want to respect our religions, and they don't want to you know, just destroy everything that people believe. So I, yep. I think it, it's going to come along gradually. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm a skeptic, and as I said, I'm an engineer. I can't believe I'm saying these things because <laughs> – but. <laughs> I, I've seen too much evidence that it that it's happening, and I know my friend Marcus in Australia, he's getting communications on an Apple Watch, so um, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> wow, wow! Well, I, at some point, I think we, we should put together when you're ready to talk more about it. Since you're you're in contact with a number of the people that I know, and also people I don't know, um, we had a we had a. Just do more talking about this because I get questions all the time and I know it's going to happen because the people behind it, the people who are not in bodies, who are the real scientists working on this, mm-hmm. everybody in a body is just a basic lab assistant, but they're, they're getting wonderful results. Very exciting. And where are you going to go now with, with, with all of this? When you think about the next five years, have you any idea of where you're going to be? Wow, I you know right now I'm in, in a transition mode. I have a uh, I, I run a retail business. My wife and I have been running for the last 18 years. Uh, we sell hair care products. It's an internet based business, and so I'm doing that. And then I'm still doing that. And I've got the grief to growth business, which is again the podcast. I'm doing coaching and grief partnering with that. And I'm starting to do some speaking engagements. I'll be speaking at the Afterlife Conference in Chicago in June. Uh, that Dr. Daniel puts on Terry Daniel. And I'll be at the Helping Heal, Helping Heal, Helping Parents Heal conference, I should say, in April. So I'll be uh, speaking there as well. So the speaking engagements are starting to pick up. Um, I want to do another book. I'd like to develop a course. So we'll just kind of you know, see where things <laughs> I go. Love it. Uh, I just I've got, love it. I've got more ideas than I have time at this point, but uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm learning to trust more that I'm being guided to where I'm supposed to be. Yes. Um, and I've, I've been, I've, you know, Shana is definitely there and my, and my guides are telling me that, um, you know, that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then, as you said, things kind of just happen. And sometimes things happen that we can't predict. I mean, if you had asked me three years ago if I'd be doing this, I had no idea. I mean, this time last year, grief to growth wasn't even a thought in my head. Um, I, I, did, I didn't even think about it till April. And I didn't start developing the the website till like June. What I love is that you have become such a prominent figure in this um, 
atmosphere in this marketplace. Um, it's not it's not what I expected of you because think about it. You're a scientist, and the last thing I would have thought would would be that you would be saying some of the things you're saying now and and confidently speaking about these things. So it's it's quite exciting. I have no idea where you're going to be in five years either. I think it's probably going to be more than you can you can think because um, there this this has needed this this um, field has needed more serious workers people who are not woo woo are not um you know just diverted by every shiny penny there is but instead are are really seeking the truth and seeking to explore it themselves be they're skeptical people which we Mm -hmm. all have to be if we want to do anything good but basically you were needed and so therefore you've been brought to this place i bet you're going to go far i'm very very excited about it for you well, you know, it's interesting, Roberta, because my background, you said it, I am uh, the chemical engineering background and, and a very material person in that way, but also the fundamentalist Christian, you know, background. And, <laughs> right. and I can talk to, I can talk to those yeah. people. And, you know, I've studied the Bible and where it came from and the people that say, well, mediumship is of the devil. And that's based on a couple of verses. So I'm, 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 very, I'm able to talk to those people uh, as well. But I think. And I was talking with the mother last night who was just, I said, she just has gone through this horrific thing, her daughter passing just a couple of months ago. And she wanted me to give her assurance that her daughter was still alive and that it was all soul planned. And I was like, you know, I really can't just put that belief in your head as much as I would like to. But what I can tell you is what I believe is not based upon faith. Uh, It's based upon evidence. And it's thanks to people like you and reading your books and, you know, you've studied the scientists just like I have. This is this is not a matter of, of wishful thinking. This is not a matter of I believe it because you know one person told me. This is there is just incredible amount of evidence, and That's there are right. serious researchers whose names are not on the lips of everybody, and they should be. Um, yeah. You know, when I I talk to uh, you know PMH Atwater. In our our community, everybody knows her, but outside of our community, a lot of people don't know this woman. She is such a character. You had she, her on. I'm so I've had her on as well, but she is such a character, and oh, she's like I, a million years old, isn't she? Now she's quite old now, but she's, she's still going she's in strong. Mid eighties. She's in her yeah, mid eighties, yeah, but she's wow. she's a force. I mean, it, she, she is. You know, yes. I, I think Shane is a force, and I, I was not a lot of people know her her personal story, so I was able to sit down with her, and she told me a lot about her personal life. The woman's yeah. had a fascinating life, and she's just – she's a force. She is. Yeah, no, I enjoy her very much. Um, I don't think she gets out as much, like, to go to conferences and stuff. So it's it's wonderful you're bringing her to more people so they can mm-hmm. appreciate her too. And the, the help, this is the second Helping Parents Heal conference, and it's April 16th to 19, mm-hmm. 2020. But I understand it's already fully – it's booked. And it's sold out, yes. Isn't There's a that, waiting list, and uh, there have been people I know added from the waiting list. But yeah, it's it sold out a couple of months ago, I think. Uh, this is, as you said, this is the second one. The first one was in 2018. Uh, it, we, it's is a weird thing to say, but we had an amazing time. It was, it was, we were at this hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, and the people were asking, "Who's who are the people over in the corner laughing?" It's like, well, those are the bere- that's the bereaved parents group. <laughs> but, right. Uh, and when I met you I, at the AREI conference, it was the same thing. It's just yeah. so uplifting being around people that that understand the truth, that want to share the truth, the the love that's among that community. It's always a love fest. That's yeah, it, that's what it most is to me when people like that get together, and and it's just love and support. 
So I'm sure, I think they should just get a bigger hotel next time. I hope that you're going to advocate for that because more people should – if you've built it and more people are coming than you expected, next year we've got to get more people to come. Yeah, well, it's it's. Uh, we're, I think we're going to do it every two years now. So I know Irene Vuvalidis, who's working on it, is already working on the 2022 uh, events. Um, so yeah, it, it it'll it'll be okay. I mean, what happens is you know we have there's a waiting list, but people drop off and then people are are added on. Uh, it will be live streamed so for the people that can't be there, um, they'll be able to live stream it and also I think to buy the video afterwards. So um, they'll That's you good. know people the people that that uh, need to be there, I think will get there. It's the if you're interested uh, in finding out about the conference, everyone, it's helpingparentsheal.org, and mm-hmm. you sort of have to scroll down on that page, but you'll find you know, a place to click on and learn more about the conference. But they're going to have a lot of speakers who are very prominent in this field, and it's just going to be a great experience. So maybe you can get on the list still, and maybe you can still make it for next year. Yeah, I think so. So. We're we're coming toward the end of our time. I find this so hard to believe. We've hardly gotten started. Yeah. Um, your your website is grief to growth grief with a two growth dot com, which mm-hmm. is easy to remember. And you, everything you do, you can people can find there, right? They can find yeah. your podcast. Talk a little bit about what what it is you offer people who go to your website. Well, on the website, it said there's there's links to the podcast, but if you have a podcast app, just search for Grief to Growth. You'll find it there. Um, there's my life coaching, which I do general life coaching for people that are just looking for things like you know spiritual help or help with family or finances or physical things or uh, exercise and things like that. Uh, I also do what I call grief partnering. Uh, a great deal of my clients are parents who have lost children, um, talking people through that, helping them understand, again, why did this happen to me as a question? What do I do with my life now? Will I ever feel normal again? So I help people through that process. And because I've built my own small businesses now, I'm also a small business coach. So I help people with things like, you know, building websites. And if you want to start your own podcast, how do you do that? And things of that nature. Wow, that's great. Okay, well, that, that's very needed. That's very much needed. Um, I've spent many years as a small business lawyer, and uh, uh, having people who know how to do it and who will then help other people do it is what this country needs a lot more of because that's how most people who become very successful really manage to do it, not by being someone's employee but striking out on their own. So good for you. Yeah, what I want to do is uh, offer the expertise that I've gained from, like I said, doing the things that I do. And, uh, you know, it's easy to go out if you have a ton of money and hire consultants to do everything for you. But most small businesses don't. So I'm, no. I'm very I'm very affordable and I'm, I can help people. But I can also just what, what I do with a lot of my clients is give them resources, steer them in the right direction. You know, um, they want to know how do I build a website or how do I schedule my appointments or, again, how do I start a podcast? How do I start a blog? Things of that nature. Everyone, this is a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, <laughs> Brian D. Smith is a dear friend of mine. Uh, please consider yourself hugged, my dear. And, yeah. And please give the, a hug to Tawana for me as well. Lovely people, and and uh, their daughter is beautiful. If you go to Brian D. Smith, just put it in the search bar at the upper right um, in um, my Roberta or RobertaGrimes.com mm-hmm. um, uh, website. You can read what he wrote, but also you'll see his beautiful daughter. And uh, meanwhile, we re- we really have to go, but we will do this again, my dear. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Roberta. I appreciate you having me. 
Thank you. Thank you for being here. Everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm really glad you could be with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to have here for the second time, Jasara Korngold. She's one of the founders and directors of the Spiritist Group of New York. A few people who are not Brazilian know that Brazil has a long history of spiritism, which, which is just people working with spirits and, and, work, and communicating with spirits and, and making, being spiritual themselves and working with spirits. It's, this is different from spiritualism, which is what's been developed in the United States and in the United Kingdom. Uh, but I, I find it fascinating myself, and she'll be educating us more about it when she's here next week. We'll also be talking about the 14th U.S. Spiritist Symposium, which will be taking place on the 6th of June in Berkeley, California. And this is called Soul Searching in a Technological Era, and its subtopic is Evolution and Immortality, which just about covers the field. The Brazilian approach is, as I say, somewhat different from the spiritualism that we're more familiar with, so I think you're going to enjoy this. Please do join us next week. And today we've been talking with my wonderful, delightful friend, Brian D. Smith. Brian was a successful entrepreneur until he lost Shana when she was only 15, and he didn't, of course, really lose her at all. She just went on ahead because she was so developed. She didn't need to stay and live a whole whole lifetime here. And now she helps her dad to help people who have also lost their children. And watching, watching this happen, watching my friend Brian grow as so much he has grown in just the last four and a half years is truly, truly beautiful. Um, he's a member, as I say, of the Board of Helping Parents Heal, and he's on the board of the Soul Phone Foundation as well. And so he's very into and knowledgeable about what's happening in the area of, of electronic communication with the dead. And that, as he says, in the next few years, everybody is going to be talking about that. His wonderful book, which is really a how-to book about surviving grief, you're not going to necessarily thrive as much as he did, but you, you can learn to make peace with the fact that you have grief in your life for the rest of your life. And his book is wonderful. It's called Grief to Growth, Planted, Not Buried. It's, this is, can be the start of a wonderful new life for you. So go to grieftogrowth.com to learn more. Here I think I probably should once again mention the, the Helping Parents Heal Conference will be held in April of this year, April 16 to 19, 2020, but it's full. So go to helpingparentsheal.org and you'll learn about, if not this one, maybe you can go to the one that they're doing in two years. As you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and very soon now, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. There are children's books, too, The Fun of Meeting Jesus, and very soon, The Fun of Growing with Jesus. All of my books are available, at the, the adult books, are available as audio books, so you can easily find them. And if you ever want to talk to me about anything at all, just contact me through the contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available all over the place. I, I won't even necessarily cite them anymore. There's even an app you can get where they'll be downloaded for free. 
My dear friends, I love being with you each week. I enjoy this so much, and we really do have fun with some of the most wonderful people. This is a group of people, frankly, that are are the salt of the earth, and even more than that, they do so much for other people, and they don't seek anything for themselves. So I'm very happy to be that I've just been able today to introduce you to one of my favorite people in that great, wonderful group. We'll be talking again next week. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in the entire universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.